Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 28 a murder of crows. The tin woodman was far behind them now, and out of sight. Dorothy and Mister felt a strange sense of security knowing the lion was gone, assuming the tin woodman was telling the truth. But mostly, the safety came from knowing that their metal nemesis was strung up and behind them, dangling from a tree. They had been walking for hours, and the sun had not moved at all in the sky. Jesus, doesn't the sun ever set around here? asked Dorothy. Mister was no expert in the land of Oz, especially in a place so far away from his own home. He did not know if the sun set this far west, and he really did not care that much either. At this point, he was more curious to know what a Jesus was, and why Dorothy kept mentioning it. He considered asking, but ultimately he thought better of it and refrained. If you want, Dorothy, he said, we could stop here and take a break. This suggestion was more for him than her. He knew they had to be getting closer to the Grey Desert, and that meant she was getting closer to Krista, which meant he was that much closer to losing his friend. This leg of their long journey just seemed a little bit too pivotal, like a bittersweet and inevitable turning point. Dorothy stopped walking when she noticed the sky in the distance had become strangely dark. Black. A strange noise seemed to be emanating from the dark clouds, and soon it became clear that the sky was in fact not filled with clouds at all, but something far more sinister. louder and louder. And it was not just one, but thousands of And they were getting closer. Crows? She inquired as she turned to Mister, who had stopped several steps behind her. He stepped forward, handing Dorothy his coat as he stepped in front of her. Cover yourself, he said sternly and keep your head down. Dorothy took the coat and did as she was instructed. It was large enough to cover most of her body if she curled up tight enough. Taking shelter underneath it, she finally understood the logic of the children in history books and movies, hiding under their desks during an air raid. It might not offer the best protection, or any protection at all for that matter, but given the circumstances, it would offer the most protection, or at the very least, the most comfort. She peeked out and watched as Mister took a few more steps further. He held his arms out straight and waited. You don't have what it takes, he said quietly, looking at the fast-approaching blackness. 
none of you do. The murder of crows descended upon Mister with a deafening calamity of flapping and cause. They covered his entire body to the point that he no longer looked like a scarecrow, but almost like a crow himself. The ravenous birds pecked with razor-sharp beaks, piercing his fabric and pulling at loose strings like worms sticking their heads out after a cool summer rain. After a few seconds, the birds found themselves no longer able to pierce, cut, or pull as Mr.'s fabric became less tensile and harder. It was almost to the point of being a hard outer shell. It was at this point time seemed to stand still for all involved. Mr.'s white painted eyes became black as sin. The fabric on his face tore as a grin began to slowly stretch across it. He drew a deep breath and exhaled with a loud, screeching wail. It was so loud and so shrill that had there been any glass within a mile of him, it would have shattered instantly. Dorothy's ears were ringing beneath the coat, and all at once the birds covering Mr. burst into a fine red mist polluted with black feathers. Mr. planted himself firmly where he stood and looked onward at the sky. In the distance, a second wave was approaching. He watched as some of the birds fell from the sky and others simply turned and flew away. Still, most of them continued with the charge. Caw! 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 Louder and louder, the closer they got. Mr. drew another deep breath, but did not shriek like he had before. Instead, his breath was more of a calming and collective breath. It was more meditative. Louder and louder. The murder swarmed, and Mr. fought them off one by one. He grabbed them as they flew by and around him, snatching them out of the air. Some of them he held with one hand as he twisted their heads clean off with the other, like a burly lumberjack opening a bottle of cheap beer. Others were less fortunate, grabbing at them, taking a wing in each hand and ripping them off like a merciless child with a soft, helpless butterfly. As they landed on the ground, he proceeded to stomp them, crushing them with a loud, squishy pop. The onslaught lasted several minutes, but to everyone involved, it felt like hours. Dorothy squinted tightly as her eyes were flooded with light as Mr. lifted the coat from over her. She blinked her vision back into clarity, forcing her eyes to adjust to the light as she quickly stood up. Looking at the now blood-soaked Mr., his eyes gray and getting lighter, Dorothy quickly stepped back. It was not out of disgust or anger for his actions, but out of fear and anger for his dishonesty. You... 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 What was that? You can just... Why did you not? She gasped for air, as though the words she was looking for were simply floating around in front of her, just in need of being caught.
Why didn't you save Marvin? Or Mabel? Why didn't you save them? Why didn't you save us from Reginald? It's not like that, Dorothy, he said. He stepped toward her, but she stepped back. I can't do that to just anything. Only crows. He stepped back a few paces, giving Dorothy some space. He watched as the muscles in her face adjusted, loosened, tightened, pulled, and retracted. Her eyebrows became less furrowed, her lips a little more steady. He watched as her face went from fear and anger to understanding and relief. Of course, Dorothy thought to herself, he was a scare crow, not a scare woodman, not a scare lion, just a scare crow. She opened her mouth, but before she could say anything, she found herself knocked back to the ground by a large crow. It was not nearly as large as the stork was, but it was certainly large enough to do some damage, more like the size of a St. Bernard. It flapped wildly as Dorothy struggled to get free of its claws that were now digging into her side, the claws that were now piercing her flesh and crushing her ribs, not breaking them, but coming dangerously close to it. As it began flapping even harder, it actually managed to get her a few inches off the ground. And then, a few more inches off the ground. She tried to scream, but with her lungs being compressed and the wind being knocked out of her, she was unable to make any sounds at all. Mister ran to the bird, much like he did to the woodman, and knocked it off of her. He watched as the bird righted itself and stood a few feet away from him. Dorothy crawled away with exasperated wheezing while the crow was contemplating who was more important. Mister was more important. The crow charged and knocked him to the ground, digging its claws into the hardened fabric the smaller, weaker crows were unable to get through. It looked Mister in his now once again jet-black eyes and opened its mouth. The large bird's battle cry was stifled by Mr.'s gloved hands wrapped firmly around its beak. The bird's eyes widened, and Mr.'s grin stretched even bigger than before. The crow unclenched its talons and began to flap uncontrollably as it desperately tried to get away. A loud crunch echoed through the land, and the bird flew away without a beak.